Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another podcast of Sheep No More. Today I got a, uh, a guest that I want you to hear. Um, Al Pisano, who was a former law enforcement officer in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County, and is running for governor of the great state of North Carolina. And he is uh, the Constitution Party of North Carolina. And anytime I hear Constitution, it excites me. Al, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Barry. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Listen, I I want to give you the the, the floor here. It seems that the um, any any time it's never always about the uh, interviewee and not the you know. I want to give you the floor. So okay, how how just tell us about the Constitution Party and how it got started. And well, originally the Constitution Party it's it, it it's been around for a long time. It it started back in 1992 by a gentleman named Howard Phillips. Uh, you may have heard that name in, in, in past with uh, President Nixon and his administration and things like that. But it started as the U.S. Taxpayers Party. OK, mm -hmm. and it kind of over the years, it kind of uh, evolved until it became the Constitution Party. And so there is a national Constitution Party that, uh, you know, we have affiliates in quite a few states. So this is actually affiliated with the Constitution Party of the it United is. States. Great. It is. It is. Um, but the Constitution Party of North Carolina, although that we are an affiliate organization of the national, we are our own separate entity as far as a political party. So we're affiliated with and we work with the national, but we, we are our own party. We deal with our issues in North Carolina. Um, the national party is there to assist us when they can. Right. Um, so, but there is nothing like, um, you know, the national party is not superior to our state. Party. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it's a voluntary affiliation with them. Kind of a way the, the union was set up. Right. Under the constitution. Right. States. Right. Okay. So, um, but in, uh, early two thousands or whatever, for me personally, I started, noticing different events. I, I was a police officer and I re I'm retired now, but for 28 and a half years, I was a police officer and I served the people, the community of Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, Mecklenburg area. Um, there were certain events that were happening. I'm sure you remember things like uh, Ruby Ridge. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and Waco. Waco. Um, there were a few others, the Oklahoma city, bombing incident happened um, the yeah. Ilian Gonzalez right the situation child, yes. yeah so there were a number of these things that were going on and it was really outraging the the population that had been labeled I guess by the mainstream media as the fringe population right, right? well as a law enforcement officer you have to realize that a, a lot of your potential problems will come from the fringe groups so I knew being in North Carolina, there were a lot of people that were at what I believed, you know, they, they followed the John Birch Society philosophy and, and they saw communists behind every tree and everything like this. <laughs> uh, people that talked about their own militias and stuff. Now, I was very not well in tuned with the, that, that way of thinking at the time. Um, so I started looking into 
their complaints. What are what is it that they're complaining about? And as I start studying the groups a little bit more, I started hearing a consistency that the federal government is overstepping its constitutional authority. It's stepping on the Tenth Amendment, the state's rights. Imagine that. Yeah. It's trying to go ahead and restrict the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start looking into these things. And really, I started reading the founding documents. Right. Okay. Starting with the Declaration of Independence, which I say is the mission statement for the American form of government. Sure. Okay. So I read that and I was like, well, wait a second. These guys sounded pretty darn rebellious. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) According to today's uh, government and what they're saying, they would declare these guys to be domestic terrorists. They would. Okay. And which, of course, they were, according (laughs) to the king, right? Um, But, you know, and reading about where you get your rights from, and a lot of people don't think about that. But our rights are not according to the Declaration and our philosophy in America. They're God-given. They're God-given. Right. Okay. Whether you believe in God or not, they're inherent to you because you are alive as a human being, as a person. Correct. Okay. So they're inseparable. They're unalienable. They They can't be bargained away. Right. Okay. Right. Governments will do that, but that doesn't give them the authority to do that. Right. And if your rights are government granted, what government grants, government can take away. Government that is uh, big enough to feed you is a government big enough to take everything away from you. Absolutely. Same government can starve you, right? That's right. Absolutely. And that's what a king does. The the king declared himself king by the divine right of kings. Right. But he didn't declare the rights of the people to be divine, just his right to, to rule. Right. And so he can make up whatever rules or laws he wants on a whim. Okay. So that was the difference there. I start reading that and it's like, okay, these are God given rights. They're unalienable, you know? Um, and of course we know the declaration amongst these are life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And it goes on to say in order to ensure these rights, right. Governments are instituted amongst men. Yes. Deriving it's just powers from the consent of the governed and that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, meaning the government. So, you know, I'm sitting there. So according to the declaration, the sole purpose of government is, as it says, to secure these rights, which rights are God given rights, God given rights, anything beyond that, you're starting to get into a slippery slope area. They ate. Um, like I said, I had this awakening by reading the founding documents, see what was going on as a police officer. And, and here's the thing that most people may not understand. And if, if I'm elected governor, this is going to change. Um, police officers, when they go through their basic law enforcement training, and in North Carolina, it's called BLET, basic law enforcement training, right? Yeah. It's a genius, right? <laughs> but anyways, um, you are not required at any time of your training. My training went through, I was like 17 weeks before I was, you know, graduated from the police academy and then was in training and everything for another year. Wow. So it's a long process. 
But during that entire process, you are never required to read the Declaration of Independence. And that's something. You're never required to read the Constitution of the United States. Hmm. You're never required to read the Bill of Rights. And you're never required to read the Constitution of the state of North Carolina. <laughs> Although we raise our hand and take an oath to uphold and defend those documents. Okay? <laughs> All right. So you can't really defend a document you've never you've read. Never read, right. Or been instructed in. <laughs> right. Now they'll give you case law and bits and pieces of it, but they'll never have you read the whole thing. And I think that if they did, you would have a lot less issues between police running a file. Mm-hmm. of doing certain things and many with good intentions, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. Heard that. yeah oh yeah. Right. Okay. Right. But it's just because officers aren't trained that, Whoa, you're, you're, you're bouncing up against the wall here. The reason why they don't know that is because they've never read it or been forced to study it. Right. Okay. So once I did that, like I said, I had that epiphany, um, start looking for a party because I start reading what, the Democrats and Republicans were doing. And I'm like, both of these people are way out, out of bounds. I agree with, with that. their programs and everything that are not constitutional. I mean, because once you read it, it's clear. It makes it very clear to you. Yes. Okay. Even though you're, you know, you may be goring your own cow uh-huh. when you start doing that, then you realize this program that I'm receiving money from really is not constitutional. Yeah. Right. And that's hard for a lot of people to say, Hey, that people were like, okay, we'll get rid of this, but don't touch mine. <laughs> yeah, okay? right. Don't yeah. touch mine. Not mine. So, um, like I said, I had that epiphany, and I start looking for a party that was a third party because I got tired of basically being told, you're too conservative uh, for the Republican Party. Sit down, shut up, go to the back of the bus, but keep paying your dues on stuff. Wow. Okay, that's wow. basically the attitude. Right. And you'll vote for who we tell you you're going to vote for. It's what they the unions. That's what the Democrats do with the unions for sure. forever. Absolutely. I mean, um, I have a lot of friends that are libertarians. And I, I will I'll admit there's a lot of libertarian in me. I'm a constitutionalist first. Um, I'm a conservative. Right. You know, I just call myself a conservative constitutionalist. I had these couple of friends of mine approach me and say, you know, you need to vote. You need, you need to vote libertarian. This And I was like, you know, in this two party system, you're you're. You're you're throwing your vote away. Are you you know, I hate the two party system. It's unconstitutional, but you know, if I do that, I feel like I'm throwing away my vote. Has that entered, you know, has it has. Yes. It has. And one of the things that that's that's one of the main questions I have a lot. And I answer this question in depth also on my website. And folks, if you're interested in hearing more about me, go to my website. It's www. Got to have the all-important dot in there. Absolutely. The <laughs> it's Al Pisano. That's A-L-P-I-S-A-N-O for, the word for, F-O-R-N-C-Governor.com. And you could read different things. And But in my frequently asked questions section, that's right up there because that's one of the big questions that you get. Right. You know, are you going to split the vote, the conservative vote, or you, you know, are you throwing your vote away, this and that? And my answer is is quite simply this, that many people, starting all the way back to um, Lexington Green, all right, when it all started. Yes. um, People died 
they, they, they shed their blood, they gave their lives, they gave their limbs, their mental health, uh, everything in order for us as individuals today here in America to be able to have the right to vote and to cast our vote for the person that best represents each one of our points of view. Okay. Right. They died to give us that vote. So if somebody, because they're from a third party, if they match your point of view and you want to vote for them and you choose to vote, now the, the vote is yours. It's your choice. Yeah. Okay. Nobody owns it. And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Nobody owns that vote. It's your choice. It's your vote. If you choose to vote for this person or that, for whatever reason, that's up to you. But if the person that best represents you, that you truly want to vote for, and you decide not to vote for them because you don't think they could win, and you're going to vote for somebody you think that could win, but it's not as bad as the other person and it's the lesser of two evils. How many times have you heard that? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. My opinion, you're still voting for evil. I've canceled that vote before. Okay. And number two, when you have the choice with the third party option that best represents you and you choose not to vote for them, in my opinion, I will have dishonored all of those people that died to give me that right to vote for the person that I choose to vote for. Right. And so that is what I say to people. Think of it in that, those terms. Mm-hmm. And, and the second thing is, who says that your vote belongs to the Democrats or the Republicans? Right. Now, they think it does. Yeah. And they use that as a guilt uh, hammer mm-hmm. to keep voters in line from voting for who they may best want to go in there. They're saying, well, if you vote for them, you're basically electing this guy. Right. Okay. You're splitting the vote, this and that. But who were they? Right. Where, where, where did the arrogance come from to make them think as a party that they own your vote? And how dare you think right. of voting for somebody other than them? You know, that's the that's the best answer to that question that I've ever heard. And it's true. I was I was I was hoping you was going to go there. It's like the um <clears throat> It's like the song Alice's Restaurant, you know, three times it's a trend and four time it's a movement. Yeah. Let's just, you know, let's just do this, you know, vote for, don't vote for a party, you know, and we're conditioned that way. I think right. we, we are so conditioned by the mainstream media or just by our grandparents or our parents or whomever, but we feel like it's got to be Democrat or it's got to be Republican. Right. But that's, that's a great answer. Yeah. Well, and, and let's face it. I'm sure you probably know people, I certainly do, that I've gone to church with. Mm -hmm. And people will leave their church because somebody sat in their seat or the color of the walls weren't painted the color they wanted or they didn't like the style rug that was put in there. For whatever reason gets their hackles up, they'll leave a church. But try to get them to separate from their political party, even if they're voting for a candidate in that party that violates all of the tenets of their faith that they claim. And they won't vote for a third party person that checks off all of their things. They won't leave because by gosh, I was a Democrat my whole life. My mm-hmm. daddy was my granddaddy right. or I was a Republican. Da da da. Um, that's how I'm voting. 
who violates the tenets of the said party. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. How, you know, how do we get out of that mindset? I, I know it's, um, it takes, uh, it takes a movement. It really does. I, I don't, I don't know how else to say that, but, um, I believe that's very important because this country was founded upon the constitution and you've got a constitution, the constitution party of North Carolina. I mean, sounds logical to me. Yeah. You know, where have we got, you know, at what point have we got to, where, where do we get there? I think people like yourself. Sure. You, know, you started a podcast. Why? Cause you saw some things probably don't trust the mainstream media anymore. No, I don't. And things, information you were getting, you wanted to contribute somewhat to getting that out there to other people. Right. Okay. That's how it starts. Yes. And that's how it continues to grow. We might as well forget the mainstream media and stuff. Um, they won't cover me hardly at all unless they, they think they could put a hit piece in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, of some sort. But usually when they look into my background and look into the background of what the Constitution Party of North Carolina stands for and all our documents, they can't find anything okay, to do that. But, you know, you you had an awakening like I had an awakening. Sure. You're doing your part. I'm running for governor. I'm doing my part. I do a, a Facebook Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, show. What is oh, that? It's called Front Porch Tea. Right. And basically, it's doing what we're doing right here. You know, um, I'll talk about a topic. People will type in or I'll have guests on. Right. And it's it's a it's a video. We do it through videos. You know, I've got a webcam and all that stuff that, that we do it. But that's what I'm doing. And I'm running for governor. Right. I'm spreading the word. And more and more people are hearing it. Yes. You know, and somebody else that's hearing this. Uh, either your podcast or is hearing my Facebook live front porch tease or on the campaign, my campaign, somebody else is going to say, I'm going to do this it's and the, I'm going to spread the word. It's the old grassroots movement. That's it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's really growing. And, and here's how I know that because when we first started this, when I started the party in North Carolina and got it founded in 2008, all right, it took 10 years of, battling with the state legislature to get the signature requirement to a place where we were finally able to kick open the door and get on the ballot in 2018. That was my next question. Yes. Keep, continue. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was it, what I saw there in that 10 year span, Barry, was when we first started out, people were really hesitant to look at third parties. Right. Uh, we're two party system. We're two party system. Well, as time went on and, and things changed, people started changing their attitudes. They start being more receptive to the idea of a constitution party right. and, and, and other third parties. But primarily, I'm talking about the constitution party. They started getting more receptive to that. Okay. Then it got to being very receptive to it to where when we started in 2018 to get the signature requirements because the door was now open for us in North Carolina in a, in a time that I never thought we could get it done in just about six weeks. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. We got over 17,000 signatures from registered voters, verified wow. registered voters. Okay. That doesn't happen because I'm a good salesman because I'm not a salesman. Right. Okay. Right. That happens because the attitude has changed 
in the country from, you know, we're a two party system left to now they're like, no, we want a third party now. Right. We couldn't have got that many signatures that fast if the population does not want a third party. Right. In there. And I always say, hey, if the free market works in the business world, right, competition and everything. It's the same thing in the political world. The free market of political ideas is only going to benefit we the people. We the people. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's about. Yeah, that's what it's, that's what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. The, um, you know, I feel on, on a federal level level here, you know, of course, um, I hope Trump's reelected. I, I believe he will be. 2024 scares me. Okay. So I think more people like yourself, you know, running as a constitutionalist, you know, somebody that's running as a libertarian. Um, my hope is that, you know, they see what is happening. Will, you know, I believe he's fracturing the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I believe it will be. Um, this is my hope that we get back to a constitution-based society and a constitution-based party. Right. Right. You know, we had uh, we had Ron Paul. I guess he's the most famous constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. But um, I just um, I hope that happens. Well, I do, too. And a lot of people that are Ron Paul fans don't realize because they didn't announce it that much that uh, Ron Paul, um, he backed uh, the Constitution Party's presidential candidate in uh, 2016. I believe it was Daryl Castle. Right. OK, so he endorsed him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they try to always say that Ron Paul is a libertarian. But when you look at Ron Paul's philosophy, especially about abortion and immigration, it doesn't know where match the libertarian uh, platform at all. But it does match the Constitution. Constitution, parts. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that because that wasn't very well known. And, you know, for the mainstream media, let's face it, uh, Ron Paul and Rand Paul both are kind of the whipping boys that they try to bring out there and, and and, and put them in a fringe group type of thing. But we all know that's not the case. Right. They're, they're constitutionally based. Right. I have, uh, I have a lot of friends, a uh, few friends in, in North Carolina, and they are very, um, let's just say not very big fans of, of, of Governor Cooper. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel, uh, now I, I don't live in the state of North Carolina, but uh, I know that uh, there is a there's been a lot of overreach, especially with the COVID-19 and the masks and, and the situation like that. Um, the opposing constitution view would be. For me, because I've been asked this, especially by a group that started, it's called reopen North Carolina. Yes. Yes. Okay, have you heard of that? I have. Okay. Yes. I, I've, I've talked with the co-founders. Awesome. The ladies that got arrested down in Raleigh for just doing the protest. So, I've spoke with them and, and I'm a I'm a big proponent of what they're doing, whether I'm running for governor or not, just as a citizen of North Carolina. Right. I'm a proponent for that group. So if there are any of your listeners out there that are listening from North Carolina, check out Reopen NC. Uh, they're a great group and uh, find out where their events are being held and go go to an event. Right. Um, you know, I have been and I've met some great people there, but. They've asked me that question, too, because we all know that Roy Cooper has overstepped his constitutional authority. Uh, The current lieutenant governor, who is the Republican candidate for governor, um, his name is Dan Forrest. And I 
I've dubbed him Silent Dan <laughs> because in this whole constitutional crisis, he has remained silent instead of upholding his constitutional oath of standing up against Roy Cooper, right? I've, the king, I call him hashtag King Cooper. King Cooper. King Cooper. <laughs> um, instead of Silent Dan Forrest standing up and opposing this man every day, all day, being on TV, being on the radio, marching, going to the governor's mansion, leading marches to the governor's mansion, call upon the Republican leadership to have this man impeached. He's done nothing. Doesn't sound like the traits of a good leader to me. No, he's a politician. Sure. Okay. I mean, right. he comes from, I, I say he's, he's a, he's a prince from the North Carolina establishment GOP party. He comes from a Royal family of GOP Republicans. His mother was uh, Sue Myrick, who is well known in North Carolina politics, but he's, he's a politician. He's doing what his handlers say. Right. He's not standing up for the people. And he took an oath to stand up to the people. Right. Okay. For the people, I mean, uh, against this governor who is who is basically by his decrees has dubbed himself a king. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they asked me, what would you do to reopen North Carolina? And I said, as soon as I'm sworn in, you know, I'm going to have the document right there that the very next thing I do after all the legal stuff that I would have to sign after being sworn in is sign an executive order eliminating all of Roy Cooper's executive orders. And right from that moment on, every business, every school can open up fully back to being free people again and not being basically sheep. Amen to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sheep wearing masks. Right. Okay. And it's, and it's not going to stop with the mask, Barry. No. Oh, no, no. There's, you know, there's a bigger agenda. Oh, yeah. Here. They're, they're going to keep adding more and more restrictions right. on to see how far they can break the will of, of the American people and North Carolinians. Right. My answer is I would never have done it mm -hmm. as governor because the Constitution doesn't give the governor that authority. I would have told the people this is what's going on. And here are the recommendations. As of now, these are the recommendations. Mm -hmm. And we strongly recommend that you follow these recommendations. But you're a free citizen. Right. You know, you've got to take the risks. Recommendations, not mandates. And Absolutely. Executive orders. Right. Absolutely. It's a big difference. Well, yeah, there is a big difference. Yeah. And, and he has violated so many rules and so many laws and procedures and violated the Constitution. I'm the only candidate running for governor that I, I sequestered myself in my house for four days months ago. Right. And I wrote up 20 articles of impeachment against Roy Cooper, the king. Okay. Yeah. And went ahead and I sent those articles of impeachment to the uh, Speaker of the House of Representatives in of North Carolina the speaker of or the president of the Senate of North Carolina to the Lieutenant governor, one of my, one of my opponents in this race, yeah. silent Dan. Silent Dan. Okay. <laughs> he got a copy uh -huh. and then I sent one to the King himself right, with a letter of each of the reasoning why he should resign and why for these people, why he should be impeached. Okay. I, I sent that out. Uh -huh. I sent a press release out to the Associated Press. Now, normally they'll send your stuff out, blackout. 
Maybe a blackout on that. Yeah. Wow. They won't, they won't send the press releases out. Okay. So, but I'm the only candidate wrote up articles of impeachment against him um, and sent them in. Well, I bet everybody just, when you enter a room, I bet all those politicians just want to shake your hand, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's not what they do with their hand no. gestures behind my back, <laughs> trust me. But, um, so yeah, that that's my answer. Would I, would how do, would we reopen North Carolina? Never to shut it down to begin with. Right, yeah. But as governor, the first thing I will do is open it up. Right. I know another thing that it's not happening in my state, but I see it happening in a lot of the, uh, you know, the New York's. The attack on our Second Amendment and our our Second Amendment rights as um, as Americans. Yes. Um, how is that going down here in North Carolina? Well, with King, King, <laughs> the King. Thank goodness that there are enough Republicans that are still pro Second Amendment, and I think there are enough conservative Democrats that are still pro Second Amendment, where he's not had the ability to have anything get passed. Right. Um. But it's not for lack of trying. Sure, I'll, I'll bet. Okay. Yeah. And he's even talking about, you know, in the future, uh, what he's, he'd like to do with the Second Amendment, put more restrictions, red flag laws. He definitely wants to get instituted, um, you know, and just put more restrictions on, on people's ability to purchase and carry. Right. Um, so... Right now, it's 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 holding its own, but that's all. Come on, baby, take a ride with me. I'm up from the town of Tennessee.